Welcome, my friends, to the EK BJJ podcast. This is podcast number 18, and the podcast is called Pressure Creates Diamonds. So it's good to be here. It's good to be back. If it's your first time here, a very, very warm welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much. Now, usually here I speak about my sponsors, but today I decided to jump right into this episode. Today will be a little different, as usually I script my podcast and I have prompts, etc. But today I don't have that. I thought I would just go at it and see how it turns out. So let me know what you think. This is completely unscripted. So if there's any errors or mistakes, it's just the way it's going to be. Today there is a fee attached to this episode. And this is if you get value from this if it teaches you something, or if it makes you a better person. Share it, like it, and leave a comment. I really don't think that's such a big ask from me for what I bring to the table and for what my podcast offers. Also, a very, very uh, big shout out to everyone who has sent me messages over the past few weeks on my Instagram post showing gratitude for some of the things I've been sharing. I really appreciate you all, and it means a lot to me as it keeps me motivated too. Even from time to time, I myself need motivation. And I find that from my social media, from people I interact with, and of course, from the messages that I receive from my followers and listeners. So thank you. Um, One of the biggest regrets I have in this period of the pandemic is, is really not putting myself out there or not pushing my platform more not investing in myself to push my message further. And I think if I had, well, who knows what would have happened or where we would have been with with this platform that I have. But we're here now and we're getting this thing moving and I'm only just getting started. Today, I want to address a subject that has been on my mind for a while, especially when it comes to jujitsu. As I observe things within the jujitsu community and of course, with inside my own academy. And that is... What is socially acceptable when it comes to jiu-jitsu, first of all? What people try to achieve and the unrealistic goals they place, not only on themselves, but the instructors who teach them. You see, for me and for what I see, we live in this world where society has conditioned us to choose the easy path or the path of least resistance. We are literally being taught or programmed to look for quick fixes to solutions or quick fixes to complex problems, shortcuts to achieve our next rank in jiu-jitsu, not paying for things instead of working hard for them, questioning the price of someone who's providing a service for them. The problem with all of the above is it's about instant gratification. Now, instant gratification It doesn't teach work ethic, it doesn't teach resilience, and it doesn't teach grit. And it definitely doesn't teach hard work, ethic, and discipline. Hard work, ethic, and discipline. Um, The society today is literally teaching you to look at any task and approach it as if it's no big deal. As in, as if everything should be and must be easy instead of walking the path of most resistance and building the characteristics needed to play in this game that we call life. It's literally teaching us the opposite. And to be honest, 
that's not really a reality. But I see a bigger problem here. Now, the bigger problem, especially when it comes to jujitsu, is that we're constantly looking for shortcuts or ways to cut corners to get somewhere. And what that does, which is my point of today, and the point I want to get across to you is that mentally it makes us seek quick and free and easy over hard work and true reward. People would never or could never develop the skills that you would need to build your jujitsu or your life without being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Think about that for a minute. <coughs> Let that swirl around in your melon just for a moment. If your jujitsu game was solely to smash everyone and only play top game, at some point someone is going to put you on your back and make life really, really miserable for you. Make your life an absolute misery. Make you so uncomfortable that you could not get out. Your whole life would be so miserable at that point that you are literally being suffocated. And what do you do? You tap. Maybe because of not wanting to invest in the new skills which take time and correct repetition, which on average I know takes around six months per technique that you choose. Now, each technique will take about six months to become a habit. But that habit has to be a correct habit. It cannot be a habit that you learn in just a one day class. You drill it for five minutes and then you go off and you spar and you think you have the move. And I'll get to that much later on. Now, when I talk about things being um, a new, let's say a new skill, you, that you don't want to acquire a new skill or you're comfortable with the skill. Each of those skills require correct repetition. And as I said, it takes about six months to do that. The people choose the easy way. This is the point I'm trying to get at. The easy way, which is just to spar and hope that just through sheer grit or bullying your way through, that you eventually get good or get better and you can hide your mistakes by doing that. But I would say to you, listen, invest in yourself, invest in your craft, invest in your worth ethic, invest in your work ethic, because that's the big stuff. It's easy to try and hide your jujitsu faults and flaws, which we all have through being strong, being athletic, being a, a bully on the mat. Um, just take a moment to think about this. You know, it's it's incredible. Think about it like this, okay? If I came to you and said, hey, listen, I've got this product for 99 pounds. You will need to stay at it for a few years, but eventually you'll get good enough. And by the way, it's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of time, and a really, really lot of hard work, as I just said. Most of you wouldn't take it because you're not going to be committed enough or you just don't have what it takes to last. And you probably gonna wanna quit every day for the next 10 years because on average, that's how long it takes to receive your black belt or at my academy it does. What would most of you do if I said to you, listen, this journey starts at this point. It's gonna take you on average 10 years to accomplish a black belt or a rank of black belt. But that journey is not gonna be an easy one. That journey is gonna be ups, downs, highs, lows, there's going to be times you're going to quit, that you want to quit, 
Every single day, you're going to get on the mat and someone's going to tap you. You're going to get on the mat and you're going to feel like you haven't tapped anyone in six months or you're going to get on the mat and you're just going to feel like, man, I don't want to be here today. Now, it's easy. It's easy to not show up at jujitsu class. Of course it is. Just like it's easy to show up. I know some people that just want to show up for sparring. I had a conversation with a couple of people um, last week when it came to sparring and you know, maybe they took the wrong end of the stick, but hey, this is reality. This is reality. They live hand in hand, sparring and of course drilling. Now one cannot win without the other. One cannot be beneficial to your skill set without the other. Now some people say, oh, yeah, but sparring you know, makes me better and it makes me this or makes me a better caliber fighter or, or whatever it does. Now that has its place. That's a valid point. But if you just spar and you <clears throat> get on the mat, you don't know too much jujitsu and you just go at it with someone, of course you're gonna, your timing is going to improve. Of course the way you move is going to improve. Your reaction to certain things are going to improve. But what happens is you are <clears throat> layering incorrect positions which become inhabitual and these habits will sell you short when it's time to escape should you get caught when it's time to defend a position should you need to defend or when you have to put attack sequences together they're not going to be there because the repetition isn't there so you're going to get to points in your jiu-jitsu where you achieve half a position instead of the full position and the only way you can do that is by drilling you know Andre Galvao had a, a great book I think it was called drill to roll or something like that drill to win or, or it was called something like that and his whole book was about um, being able to drill and repeat techniques over and over and on reading that book I took a lot of information from it but one of the things I think we forget as jiu-jitsu practitioners is repetition is the mother or the father of all victories okay repetition how many times does a boxer throw a jab how many times does a boxer boxer throw you know the basic combination one two three left right hook it's a forever thing I repeat the, my whole jiu-jitsu is basics everything I bring to the table is basics now I don't believe in advanced classes I don't believe there is an advanced class or anything like that I just believe there are better understandings of basic positions if you think about this um, you know I'll share something with you um, and I'll share it with you because I think it's valid to this podcast I'm not where I am because I took the easy path. I'm not where I am because of shortcuts or quick fixes. When I started jujitsu, I've said this before, YouTube wasn't around, or if it was, it was in its infancy. I literally had to travel across the world to both Brazil and America to learn my craft. I had to seek out the best people to teach, um, to teach me and the best people to learn from. A lot of people say to me that, hey, you're a really good instructor. I've trained at a lot of academies and your teaching mythology and the way you do things is really, really good. 
And I believe that's because I've invested a lot of time, money and myself onto a path where I wanted to learn this art properly. So my message to you is this, embrace the path of most resistance, embrace the struggle because that's where true growth comes from. That's how you develop mental fortitude and resilience. Remember, diamonds are made under pressure and all of us, we are all unpolished and we can all shine, but we have to do it the right way. In jujitsu and life, for me, I constantly climb my own mountains. You know, that, like I said, that's in my personal life and in my jujitsu. And I climb up to the peak or to the point of the mountain. And when I reach that point, I look out and all I see is more mountains. Now, for me personally, I don't walk away and try to con you know, conquer an easier mountain. When I stand at the bottom of my mountains, my own mountains, and I look up, I say to myself, I'm gonna climb that mountain. Now, that may take me a month, it may take me a year, it may take me 10 years. However long it takes, I'm gonna stay with it and I'm gonna stand there, you know, and I'm gonna progress down that path until I conquer it. And I do that in life and I do that in jujitsu. Now, it's not about who has the best skill set, it's not about who's the strongest athlete, it's not about, you know, who is the most mentally tough. I'm only good because I listen, I learn, I show up every single day to the academy. Um, I show up, I give 150% to the students and I look around the class and I can see those people that are gonna progress. I can see those people that, you know, they're on the right track, they're definitely there to progress. And I can also see those that it's gonna take a little bit longer with. Now that's not a problem. Each one of you guys out there have a different learning curve. Each one of you have a different approach to jiu-jitsu. Each one of you are in the academy for your own reason. But for me, when I set out, my whole goal was to be the best teacher that I could be. And I bring that to the table. You know, I bring that to the table of, of jiu-jitsu at the academy. And I also use it in life itself with all of my own personal accomplishments. Now, accomplishments for me could be anything in my own personal life. And some people say to me, well, what are you looking to accomplish now in jiu-jitsu? You're a black belt, second degree. You've been a black belt for uh, 14 years now. And you've been training jiu-jitsu close to 25 years. What more is there for you to achieve? Well, now I'm in my giving stage when it comes to jiu-jitsu. I'm in my sharing stage. I'm in my later stages of, of life, if you like, um, as far as jiu-jitsu goes. So I'm not looking to have gym wars. I'm not looking to be involved in these, these hard fights. But with that said, of course, we have UFC fighters that train at our gym. We have professional MMA fighters. We have guys who compete at the highest levels coming through the academy and training with us. So of course, I'm still in that fight with them. I'm still in the training camps with them. I still train, but I don't train hard. I train smart. Now, smart to me is hard. If I can go you know, 10 minutes with an elite high level UFC fighter who's half my age in physical condition, then I'm relying completely on technique, leverage, and timing. 
I could not develop that those attributes from just sparring. Sparring is, is like looking out with one eye open and one eye closed. The way we can problem solve this, for those that were asking the question this week, is think about it like this. Imagine you had no skill set whatsoever. And I said to you, we're gonna fly this plane. This is what you do, jump in, go. I promise you, one, you probably wouldn't get takeoff of that plane. If you did, you're gonna run into difficulties and you're probably gonna have a serious crash of that plane and maybe death. Uh, and that could be in absolutely anything that we think about. Jiu-Jitsu is very structured in a sense that we go from position to position. We spend about an hour drilling that position. We review that position on the next session and then we layer into that position. We problem solve, we question ask. And then some students still won't get that. That's absolutely fine. That's not your problem. That's a problem for the instructors to come back to you with the correct information. And then when they come back to you with that information, the whole idea is that you drill into it. So we give you the basic structure. You then, on that basic structure, go away and make it your own. Why do you have to go and make it your own? Well. You're a different body type. You have different attributes, different height, different weight, different flexibility, different ways to approach different problems. But from a fundamental understanding, they're all the same. This is the beauty of the curriculum we teach and this is the beauty of how people learn, the learning cycle. Now back to the sparring versus drilling. I recommend, and this is just a recommendation, that you spend time developing a certain position. Let's take guard passing, for example. Most sport competitions, if you look at them, are either for passing the guard or attacking from in the closed guard or half guard or any sort of these guard positions. A lot of people don't spend enough time repeating the position of passing the guard correctly. And that's the key component here. Correct, um, correctly passing the position. They will use variations to do it or ad hoc positions that they haven't been told or haven't been corrected on and it doesn't work for them. In turn, what they then do is they start to tell themselves, this position doesn't work. They'll go back to the coach and say, coach, this position doesn't work. Why is it not working? I can't get it to work. I've tried everything. Now, of course, we need to look at who we're trying to guard pass against. Is it a, a white, white belt with six months experience trying to pass the guard of a purple belt with six or seven years experience who's been in those situations whose timing's better whose reflex is better who understands the mechanics easier um, than than the white belt who's just began training we don't know so we need to figure that problem out first the next problem we need to do is we need to look at you repeating that position over and over with a non-resisting body with a non-resisting partner and then we need to go from that non-resisting partner to a resisting partner or a better partner who can assist you with adding details in to that so from zero percent to maybe ten percent now again if you go back to the podcast which i've spoken on about already when we ask about ten percent we're asking ten percent of what look at the body type look at the person you're training with 
Are they equal weight? Is one heavier? Is one taller? Is one stronger? Is one fitter? Is one older? All of these things, they, you know, will have an impact on your jujitsu. So there's a lot to be said about drilling. Okay, drilling, I would say, is at least 60% of the game. Correct drilling, correct repetition, correct training partners, correct feedback from your training partners when you're passing. Are they feeling pressure in certain areas? Are they not? Are they just allowing you to pass? Is your training partner a good training partner or a bad training partner? Now, just because we're friends as we all are on our mats, I can't drill with everyone. I can't train with everyone. Some people I just will not get along with in that environment of sparring, drilling or training. I look across the mat sometimes and I see a lot of people, they'll repeat the move once, twice, three times, and then in their own mind, they have the move, they know the move. They've got that move and they, they, they don't need to drill it anymore. So then now they're gonna do something else and they're gonna turn it into a sparring match. And those guys are the guys who majority of the time come to me and say, Professor, listen, this position isn't working. I can't get it to work. There's something I'm missing. I'm not doing it right. Now, usually most instructors would say to them, okay, this is a group class. I don't have time to, sh to dedicate to you because it's detracting from the other students. Take a private lesson with me and I'll show you. Now, I rarely do that. One, because currently, I'm not teaching private lessons. And secondly, I think if a student is having an issue, we should address it there and then so they at least walk off the mat with clarification of what it is or where it is they're going wrong with that position. Now, I think drilling sessions for me is about 60 to 80% of our game. That's what I think. Drilling our best positions and variations from, you know, static points. And then the other 20%, we train, you know, using, say it's 80%, then we will train them from different positions. So from half of that position or quarter of that position. So let's say, for example, I'm passing the half guard and you, you put the knee shield in. That's going to be 80% of my drill for that day. The next 20% of that drill then we'll train it from a position, say, from when I'm past the knee shield or from a position to add a different dimension to that technique. Now, the 80% being solely on that, on problem solving that position and then the 20% of after I've solved the position, after I've solved the problem. So trying to pass the half guard, they insert the knee shield. Um, I'll drill 80% trying to pass that knee shield or passing that knee shield and then the final 20% I'll use once I've passed the knee shield but everything has to be done correctly now I can't remember the saying but the saying was don't fear the man who does a thousand kicks incorrectly or something like that fear the man who does one kick correctly and that's what I believe where you need to be with your jiu-jitsu 100% it needs to be that kind of thing. Now, as always, I tell my students that sparring will make you tougher, without a doubt, and drilling makes you more technical. So those are the two points that I'm gonna surmise with. Sparring will definitely make you tougher, and drilling will make you more technical. 
first you need to improve your technique and then you need to be tough secondary. If you're only tough, you will not be or you will not have the best timing. You will not have the best reaction and perfection of any of those techniques will only be 20%. As a competitor, if you compete a lot, then you definitely know that sometimes not the more technical guy wins, but the guy who pushes harder, who is more active and grinds more. And that's what you will learn in sparring. And that's a massive component of sparring versus drilling. Now, I'm not saying you only need to be tough and have grit um, and be able to push in competition. You can do this in sparring, but if you can add you can add the technical aspect into your push you're going to be so much better as a practitioner so many more people are going to will want to train with you you'll be able to figure out people's games your fight iq will increase um, and i just think it will make students a, a better all-round jujitsu practitioner rather than just some bulldozer who can come in and bulldoze a few people. And then one day, another bulldozer comes in, bulldozes that guy, the guy cannot get out, and, you know, maybe leaves. Maybe ego gets the better of him or her. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I got asked a question, and I, and I remember the question to be something like, listen, I'm teaching full-time, so I can't train with my teacher anymore I still want to be on the mat I still want to teach I still want to roll with my students um, and I roll very soft should I roll hard with them to balance the the rolling uh, aspect or the, the the training aspect because I can't train with my instructor now to me that was an odd question this got asked to me on Instagram I did a, a thing recently where I said I've got 30 minutes to spare Ask me whatever question you want. Now, I don't remember who, who sent that question, but the it was a bit of an ambiguous question. But beyond the amb ambiguity, I sat back and thought about if he's not training with his teacher. Now, if you think about this, I don't get the opportunity to train with my teacher all the time, Hoyler Gracie. I don't get the opportunity to train with him. But with that said, I'm very fortunate inside my academy to have nine black belts. Each of those black belts are trained to my standard of black belt. Each one of those black belts, I believe, were better at each belt that, than I was because I invested a lot more time. I have a lot more time with my black belts than Hoyler did with me. One, because of the distance and time between us. He's in Brazil, I'm here. And two, because I'm in the academy every day with those guys. Now, I could spend six months in Brazil. I could spend a year in Brazil. I could spend three months in Brazil. However long I could spend the and I could be at the academy every day, but apart from the giants and the legends that were in that academy, I really wanted to learn from Hoyler solely every single day, which wasn't the case. Um, just due to the operation of the academy, how the academy was set up, the classes, etc., etc. My black belts are very fortunate in a sense of I'm there all of the time. I'm on tap to those guys. They can pick my brain. They can FaceTime me. They can call me. We can see each other on the mats. They, we can problem solve. And of course, we have our instructors training and development program where, where they also receive training 
um, and I'm able to overlook at them and see how they're teaching and improve on them. And then, of course, we get the chance to train with each other. So back to that question um, when he asked me about that. I said, look, I'll give you this advice. And like I said, rolling will definitely get you tougher. You know, sparring with people without a doubt will get you tougher. Drilling will get you more technical. You have to find the balance between both. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Find the balance between both because you're going to roll with your students and obviously, or potentially, you could tap all of your students. Yes, you would get something from that. You'd get a workout, you'd sweat, you get a little bit tougher, a little bit more gritty, a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll be able to push a little more. But the technical aspect would go out of the window unless you'd pre-drilled every move that you're going to look at, every move you're going to apply. And of course, you could apply strategies to that. You could go onto the mat and say, look, I'm only going to use... Um, I'm only going to pass today. I'm going to let them put me in guard and I'm going to pass. And that's great. That will last for a while. But then you two need to develop in different areas. So that's really, really important to remember on the sparring versus drilling thing. And I say that because I've been around a very long time doing this. And, you know, I've seen what happens when people solely place their emphasis on, emphasis on sparring and not on drilling. Now, of course, we're all here to have fun. We're all here to um, get better. We're all here to, to learn and grow and develop. But what I don't want my students to do is show up and think jujitsu is not for them or they don't have the ability to do certain things in jujitsu or they're always getting tapped. You know, if they're always getting tapped in positions, I have to help them. I have to, me and the other black belts, they have to get involved and help them. So, to surmise, I would say spend a lot of your time drilling, adding resistance to it once you understand the technique correctly and you can apply that technique correctly. Then add pressure. Find good sparring partners, someone who, sorry, good drilling partners, someone who's not going to get bored of drilling because it's a double-edged sword. You drill it 10 times, they drill it 10 times. Then you swap. Not forgetting to add the equalizer. What is the equalizer? The equalizer is if I do the drill on one side five times, I'm then going to repeat the drill on the other side. So if it's a strong side and a weak side, my strong side, I'm going to repeat five times. My weak side, hence the equalizer, I'm then going to repeat two times. Go back to the five repeat the two or repeat the three however you feel you'll find that naturally you'll start working them positions left and right left and right sparring versus drilling like i said to you sparring will make you tougher drilling will make you more technical all of this is just my opinion you may find it's completely the other way around for you and that's fine too there's you know there's no issue with that but the issue comes to executing those moves in a timely precise manner when the time is right the right decision will make will have will get you victory the wrong decision will make you tap or give you defeat guys that's all i have for you for today i hope 
It was good. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some value from it. If you did, as always, share it. Don't forget to follow me on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, all of these platforms. It's at EKBJJ. Super excited for the forecoming weeks as we have a lot more classes being added to our curriculum at the Academy. Looking forward to seeing many, many more people in the Academy, training gi, no gi, striking, all sorts of stuff coming up soon. We have our ladies classes starting and we've also added more children's classes to our schedule. Until next time, guys, let me know your thoughts, reach out, send me some feedback. Love to hear from you guys. Take care.